0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Word biblios, many books taken through the ages, ageless, timeless. The prophets, the apostles, epistles, the, the gospel, the righteous, the hostile, the woeful, the wonderful. On yeah. the Sabbath days or on Sundays, it's easy to find me. It's most likely up in your churches where I might be. It's millions over this earth who would tell you that they like me, but realistically half of them take what I say lightly. You know, they just push me off the table like they don't need me. Uh-huh. Look me in my face like they don't see me. What? Granny's off the church and she won't leave me. Then she comes home from church, but she won't bring My name King James Version. Born in 1611. I was made to keep Right on how to reach the kingdom of heaven. Might not be saying the same thing as your reverend The football was broke, but it ain't the way it's living. You probably catch me at your grandma's house the psalms. I was like your grandpa's spouse over in Norm You catch me in a small jail house over in Grom I speak about the hotel from nowhere to come Now I travel through my pages Learn about the ancient. Life and death is in me But some don't want to hear me Misuse me to conquer many lands Many men have been slave for who I am The saints' blood on their hands Government attempted to get rid of me And still trying society Refuse to listen to me and still dying I give counsel to disciples I can still grind to remind them that the place they want to be is still alive bookshelf missionaries. I could school the school books, plus Dr. Seuss in the dictionary, what's written is power, I'm sitting in the parlor, I'm the only book closed, but I'll open at any hour, it's always an happy head kid with a go-to, with his hand on my head saying he's swear to tell the whole truth, yo dude they got me on a show called dusty, living godly is a must, but don't nobody trust me, I teach about the old trails, mortars the bomb, seven plagues, seven seals, soldiers to swarm, rage in the field, soldiers, storms, the comings, the horns, a lot of preachers want me on 18 Just to make a profit When all I wanna do is give you words of the sacred prophets So my creators can see believers making progress I warn them of the dangers in love and loving material objects open me up, pray open to the up. God of all men, the God man. of Jacob, Jacob, Isaac, the God the Abraham. of Abraham May he open up his plan why he came as a man God 12 spread his truth to every nation through the land Yo, we kicked the you was one sober but you won't show my name cause when your friends came you keep turning my front over with steps on my back, use me as a cup coaster, come closer, let me do my job like I'm supposed Yo, to. Yo 66 books in me, good and plenty, but up north they rip out pages to puff sense me, but the saints study intensely cause there's riches in me, but to the wicked I ain't worth it. And penny. you can run around wildin', lookin' in the sky, or you can read me, choose life or die, who's right but I, man a tooth for an eye, the the fire's going I'm, I'm the Bible. I hold the keys to survival. I'm here to strengthen God's saints and the Lord is vital. I'm the Bible. I'm telling you, stop serving these idols. Ain't no other God the Lord holding that title. I'm the Bible. I'm the Bible. Original holy scrolls come for lonely souls with the oracles of the moral codes. I'm, the Bible. I'm the Bible. I'm trying to save many men, but any who pretend, his kingdom, they won't be getting there. I'm the number one selling book of all time. I'd have made billions. But if the people don't understand, I ain't happy. So come get with me, sit with me, and I'm going to show you mysteries. Baba
2: good toab. Good uh, that means good morning in the ancient Paleo-Hebrew. I'm your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Taza Pa. And welcome to the show, y'all. Welcome to another episode of FYI, man. Wanna send shouts out to all our affiliated schools, uh to the brothers here in San Antonio, the brothers down in H Town, the brothers in VA, the brothers up in Rochester, um, the brothers out in Cali in Canada, and uh shouts out to Cow Cobb down in Guatemala. Also, yeah, the brothers out of ABQ. So, um, Welcome to the show, man, and uh, this is it's Tuesday once again, and this broadcast, y'all, are entitled FYI, so welcome to another episode of For Your Information. If it's your first time tuning in and checking us out, yes, we are Hebrew Israelites. Uh, we believe uh, biblically and historically that we are the people of the book. Those are facts, and we've proven all things. Uh, like the Bible tells us to do, uh, we've proven all things and, uh, that we, that is what we pride ourselves on. And that is our mission, man, to prove everything that we say. So y'all, this class here is inspired by, um, it, I guess I should say current, um, current events or current, uh, current debates, um, that are going on hot button topics um it's funny too Mashaba cuz I was talking to Quetzop uh the other day and uh we 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 haven't, we haven't talked in a while man but we were just discussing everything that's been going on in Israel and uh he was telling me that uh salvation is like the hot button issue right now uh Amongst Israelites and uh, religious folks So um, that that, that kind of inspired this class As well as uh, what you and I talked about yesterday And uh, I titled the class, y'all History of the Gentiles You know, a lot of people um, They pick the Bible up And they just uh, start in the New Testament, man And that's been pretty much indoctrinated into the brains of people coming from a religious aspect. Because religion man, they're so devious, cunning, and smart in their approach. They they understand that if you make things inclusive, you'll get more people. And they found a devious way to do this by just giving you the New Testament. And Psalms, Proverbs, you know, the books that, uh, the half a Bible that they give you. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I got text messages coming in. Hold on for a second. But like I was saying, they've conditioned people's minds to only accept half the Bible, man. Well, if you're accepting half the buy, you're only getting half of the story. And I honestly don't know who wants half of anything, man. And we used to use this analogy often. I still use it. Would you go to a movie halfway through the movie? I mean, really, would you? Nobody would do that. You pay full price because it ain't like if you get to the, to the movie late and you buy a ticket for that movie and they tell you it already started. You'd be like, oh, I'm good. I I'll go in and watch half of it, and then the then the usher says, or the people behind the counter say, okay, cool. I'm only going to charge you half price. Then, <laughs> ain't nobody doing that, because nobody goes to see half a damn movie. You want to get the whole movie. Why do you want to get the whole movie? Because you want to catch the whole thing in context. You go and see half a movie, in the first part of the movie you're gonna get what? You are gonna get the characters of the movie. You're gonna get the plot. You're gonna get little. Uh, you gonna get the backstory to certain things, right? That's in the first half of the movie. But if I walk in in the second half of the movie, I'm missing all of that. So by the time I come in, I'm sitting to the person next to me, tapping them every five minutes, like, why he doing that? Matter of fact, who is that? Who who is that right there? <laughs> why are they arguing? What do you do that for? Now I'm interrupting the movie because my dumb ass came halfway through the movie. But this is the way people approach the Bible. They pick it up and only get half the story. And this half of the story that I'm dealing with today, y'all, is history of the Gentiles. So before I can even get to the New Testament, talk about the Gentiles and how they're going to get salvation and how Christ is for everybody, I have to have the back story of the Gentiles, all right? so that's what the mission is for today, so we're going to go ahead, matter of fact, before I jump into it, let me get Matthew chapter six and verse nine. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen this is the prayer we need to be set up on a daily yard so we can get the hell up out of this demonic place man so we ain't got to be arguing no more back and forth with <laughs> for people that don't know the bible man like right, the scripture says uh, they should no longer teach everyone his neighbor, come and know the Lord. I'm waiting on that. It says, for all shall know him. I'm waiting on that day, man. Hope I'm fortunate enough to be a part of it. All right, Psalm 118 and verse 24, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So, good or bad, happy or sad. The Most High brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. You'll come out better on the other side because of it, y'all. So take, we have to unfortunately, well, I say fortunately, fortunately take our licks, man, and keep going. Keep going, y'all. All right, y'all, so let's get into it. I want to start in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20. Now, I know a lot of y'all, y'all used to hear me on Tuesdays, uh, but if you haven't noticed, I picked up an extra day of blog talking, that being Thursday, and um, my format is a little different on Thursdays, so uh, on Tuesdays, I would do about an hour of news-carrying events before I got into a topic, but uh, on Thursdays, I'm not going to do any news, I'm just going to dive into a topic, y'all. All right, so First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20, New Testament. So this is where, this is where we're going to start at. <laughs> we're going to start here and then we're going to reflect. First <laughs> Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 20, But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. So this is Paul speaking, you know, the triumphant Paul or Pauline, the Pauline letters. This is what all the religious folks be saying, and, and this is what they hang their hat on, Paul's epistles. So this is one of Paul's epistles. But Paul says here in this epistle, he says, read it again, verse 20, 1 Corinthians 10 to 20, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice. They sacrifice to devils But according to Religion And religious people Their take on the Gentiles is, Oh man the Gentiles Are going to make it The Gentiles can be saved They were included in God's people Well Paul says here That the Gentiles sacrifice To devils So how the hell are they going to make it into the kingdom How are they now part of God's people If Paul is making this detrimental, bad statement about them, sacrificing to devils, I'm going to read on, and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship. Listen to what Paul is saying. Paul said, I don't want y'all to have fellowship with devils. So who did Paul just call devils? He called the Gentiles devils. I don't know if y'all caught that. Read it again. I'm reading context this time. I ain't only in interject. First Corinthians 10 20. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship devils. Paul right here is calling the Gentiles devils, man, because they sacrifice them to devils. Now let's get some history. On these Gentiles So I want to go to Wikipedia y'all And Let me pull it up I want to go to Wikipedia And it's titled False God So that's the title But I want to jump down to the overview section I'm going to read this It says Abraham Abrahamic religious, I'm sorry, yeah, in, Abraham, in Abrahamic religions, false God is used as a derogatory term to refer to a deity or object of worship besides the Abrahamic God that is referred as either illegitimate or non-functioning in its professed authority or capacity. And this characterization is further used as a definition of idol. All right? So reading this again, in Abrahamic religions, false god is used as a derogatory term to refer to a deity. So when it says Abrahamic religion, what they're basically saying, and the article is going to explain too, they're saying the only Abrahamic so-called religions that Abraham started was what the, the world commonly refers to as Judaism, which the world calls that, but the Bible you won't, you won't find that in the Bible. You won't find Judaism in the Bible, y'all. That's religion, all right? But what they refer to as Judaism is basically referring to Abraham's belief system and his belief in the Most High in what the world knows as monotheism, the belief in one God. Okay? So that's what they're talking about Abraham started. So they'll say um, that he started Judaism, and then they also say that Abraham started Islam. They say that because Abraham gave birth to this cat named Ishmael. And Ishmael is the progenitor of the Arabs. And you talk to the Arabs. And you ask them, and they'll tell you that Abraham is our forefather, which is true. They did come from Abraham. But all the promises that Abraham received from the Most High, Abraham didn't give those promises, or I'm sorry, the Most High didn't give those promises to the Israelites. He gave it to the Israelites by way of Abraham's son, Isaac. Okay, I want us to understand this is very important. Uh, So, the two religions that they're talking about, the Abrahamic religions, Judaism and uh, Islam, which the Ishmaelites started Islam by way of um, their so-called prophet Muhammad. All right? So, this is what it's talking about. So, I'm going to read it again. In Abrahamic religions, false god is used as a derogatory term to refer to a deity. So, a false god or gods is talking about deities other than the most high it says or object of worship besides the abrahamic god that is regarded as either illegitimate other gods or not legitimate gods all right they're not legitimate powers all right that's why he's called the most high so there are other gods there are and we're gonna get into that but the most high Even created those gods And they're subservient subservient to him Alright I want us to get this It says or non-functioning In its professed authority Or capacity And this characterization is further used As a definition of idol So this is going into Idolatry which the Most High Told the Israelites Not to do Now I'm going to read on it says the term false God is often used throughout the Abrahamic scriptures. And it is. Forward to not Bible and Quran. To compare Elohim, Yahweh, or Yahweh, this is what they're saying. And it's actually uh hayim That's how you say it in Hebrew, which means powers. That's what it means. It says Yahweh or Yahweh. Talking about the Most High. Interpreted by Jews. Samaritans and Christians are, Allah, uh, interpreted by Muslims as the only true God. Nevertheless, the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament itself, recognizes and reports that originally the Israelites were not monotheistic, but actively engaged in idolatry and worshiped many Foreign non-Jewish gods Besides Yahweh or Yahweh And or instead of him Now this is true We were into idolatry Idolatry is what Got us thrown out of our land This is why we were in so Many captivities primarily It was idolatry Alright I want us to understand this This is important as To understand in the Bible And it goes right along What Paul talked about He said that the Gentiles They sacrificed to devils And not to God And this is in the New Testament Because the Gentiles They were pagans This is what they did And this is basically what Paul was telling the Israelites In the New Testament Not to be pagans Like the Gentiles are pagans Alright So reading on in this article I'm going to read this part again It says nevertheless The Hebrew Bible Old Testament itself Recognizes And reports that originally the Israelites were not monotheistic But actively engaged in idolatry And worshipped many foreign non-Jewish gods Before Yahweh Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh And or instead of him such as Baal So the Hebrew Israelites worshipped Baal All right now we don't get who Bell is in the Bible, but before we go there, let's get this right here. So now we're gonna to go to the uh Cyclopedia, Encyclopedia Britannica, and we're gonna look up Bell. All right, so here it is. Matter of fact, hold on, wait a minute. Let me make sure. Boom. Yeah, that's right. Hi, right, Bell from Botanica. Bell, God worship in many ancient Middle Eastern communities, especially among the Canaanites. So the Canaanites were so-called Africans, y'all. It says who apparently, and y'all can go back and check my references. So the Canaanites, or so-called Africans, go back to Genesis, the tenth chapter also known as the table of nations and it tells you who came out of who. So the Canaanites were sons of Ham. All right? Now Ham, like I said, was the Africans. Matter of fact, I got time. Let's not rush it. I wanna be thorough. So let's go to the Zonovan. Go to the Zonaban Compact Bible Dictionary. And we're going to get the definition of Ham We're going to find out who Ham is I just told y'all But I'm going to prove it Because we're talking about the Canaanites Right It says uh, And this is on the compact Bible dictionary Page 213 Ham Ham perhaps hot The youngest son of Noah Born probably about 96 years before the flood And one of eight persons To live through the flood he became the progenitor, the word progenitor means father, of the dark races, not the negroes. He says, not the negroes, meaning not the Israelites, because the Israelites, is what you might call a modern day Negro. Alright? He says he was not the father of the Negroes, but the Egyptians y'all hear this, right? <laughs> the Egyptians, so he was the father of the Egyptians. The Ethiopians, Libyans, and Canaanites. All right, I want us to understand this. So when the world was created, man, everybody on the face of the planet was had pigmentation. They, were, they had color, black and brown people. From the beginning, man. But it's letting us know, and you look at it even current day, man. Look at the so-called African, man. Look at the so-called East Indian, man. Look at the Arabs. All People of color, man, everybody around the globe, around the globe, uh, melanin. Melanin in their uh, pigmentation. Even the so-called Chinese and Japanese people, who they loosely refer to as yellow, but those people have color. They have melanin in their skin. So my point is this. Everybody, uh, when the world was created, had color. And just because people have color or people were dark, didn't mean that they were the same Alright I want us to understand Didn't mean that they were the same They were different In their belief system In their culture In their heritage They were all not the same I want us to understand that Alright now let's go back to uh, The definition of Bell. Bell, God worshipped in many ancient Middle Eastern communities Especially among the Canaanites We just found out who they were These were the uh, sons of Ham It says Who apparently Considered him A fertility deity And one of the most important gods In the Patheum The Patheum is basically uh, The hierarchy or the archi- Yeah, the hierarchy archi- archi- Of gods Hierarchy of gods That's basically what it's talking about When it says Pantheon. So this is who uh, Bell is Matter of fact, let me read on It says, as a Semitic common noun Baal, Hebrew Baal, meant Owner or Lord Although it could be used more generally For example A Baal of wings was a, was a Winged creature And in the plural Balaam of arrows indicated Archers Yet, such fluidity And the use of the term Baal did not prevent it from being attached to a god of distinct character as such. Baal designated the universe, the universal god of fertility. So Baal was a fertility god. It says, and in the capacity, his title was prince, lord of the earth. He was also called the lord of rain and dew the two forms of moisture that were indispensable for fertile soil in Canaan. In Ugaritic and Hebrew, Baal's epithet epithet as the storm god was he who rides on the clouds. In Phoenician, he was called Baal Shamin, lord of the heavens. So we're finding out that Baal was worshiped by the Canaanites, the Phoenicians, and um, basically other nations, y'all, all all right? And we ended up worshiping Baal. All right, now we're going to get into where we was worshiping at and more about Baal. Um, Matter of fact, let me keep reading in this. Y'all, let me catch my place. <laughs> mm. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. Let me get back to the Bell, uh Knowledge of Baal's personality and functions derived chiefly from a number of tablets uncovered from 1929 onward at Uriah, modern Raj Shira in northern Syria. So the Syrians also was worshiping Baal of the nation. It says, and dating to the middle of of the second millennium BCE, the tablets Although closely attached to the worship of Baal at his local temple, probably represented Canaanite beliefs generally. Fertility was in vast age in terms of seven-year cycles in the mythology of Canaan. Baal, the god of life and fertility, locked in moral or mortal combat with mock. So Mot is another god that they worship. The god of death and sterility and bow triumphant, a seven-year cycle of fertility would ensue. But if he were vanquished by Mott, seven years of drought and famine would ensue. So this is what the nations that worship Baal believed. They believed that Baal was fighting this god, this god named Mot. And if uh Baal won, then it would be seven years cycle of fertility. But if Mott won, it'd be seven years of drought. This is what the nations believe, all right? Uh texts tell of other fertility aspects of Baal, such as his relations with Anat. So this is the world of gods and goddesses, y'all. I hope y'all seeing this. But this is what the other nations, the Gentiles, Believed in Alright It says uh, Bell I'm sorry let me just read it again Eurographic uh, texts Tell of other fertility aspects Of Bell Such as his relations with Anat, Corsort And sister, And also His uh, Shying A divine bull calf from a heifer so the the symbol for bell was the bull or a calf from a, a cow that's what a heifer is it says all this was part of his fertility role which when fulfilled meant an abundance of crops and fertility for animals and mankind so this is why the other nations Worshipped him because they wanted to eat. They wanted to live well. And remember, back then, your crops and your livestock was your livelihood. That's how you survived. So this is why the other nations, the Gentiles, were worshiping Bel. Now reading on, it says, but Baal was not exclusively a fertility god. He was also king of the gods. King of the gods, y'all hear this right? And to achieve that position, he was portrayed as sizing the divine kinship from Yam, the sea god. More gods. You see this, right? The myths also tell a bells of Baal's struggle to obtain a place comparable and grander to those of other gods. Asherah, another god. Do you see this? To intercede with her husband, El the head of the Pantheon to authorize the construction of a palace, the god of arts and crafts, Kothra, Kothra, then proceeded to build for Baal, the most beautiful of palaces, which spread over an area of 10,000 acres. The myth may refer in part, now it says the myth, y'all, because this is mythology. The myth may refer or, yeah, referring in part to the construction of Baal's own temple in the city of Ugarit. Near Baal's temple was that of Dagon, given in the tablets as Baal's father. So y'all see, we got, we getting all these deities just from Baal. <laughs> but these, this is what the Gentiles worship And this is what Paul was talking about In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 Verse 20 It says the worship of Baal was popular in Egypt From the latter new kingdom In about 1400 BC To its end 1075 BCE Though the influence of the Arameans Who borrowed the Babylonian Pronunciation of Baal so the Arameans, they bore Baal. And they, because the, uh, the Canaanites, they called him Baal, which is B-A-A-L. But the Armenians called him Baal, B-E-L. Hold on, y'all. I got a question. Yes, absolutely. So Devin, my cousin, asked me, so were these also the Greek gods? Yes indeed they were And we're definitely going to get into that Kind of jump the gun But it's all good Because yes they were And we're going to definitely get into it We're going to find out That all of these nations Pretty much all worshipped And served the same gods and deities They just gave them different names Alright now And this is going to tell you this article your question so Let me read this, this, this last section again It says the worship of Baal Was popular in Egypt From the latter New Kingdom in about 1400 BCE to its end 1075 BCE. Now that is B A B A A L. That's what the Egyptians called them, right? Through the influence of the Armenians, who's who borrowed the Babylonian pronun- pronunciation, Bel B E L, and the Babylonians would be your current Ethiopians, y'all. It says. The god ultimately became known as the Greek Belos. So Bell in Greek mythology is Belos. Now listen, identified with Zeus. Y'all hear this right? So Bell is Zeus. <laughs> Greek mythology. All right, now we already found out how the, how you worship Baal or what was the, uh, the emblem for Baal, right? It says it was a calf. Now let's go into that. Now this is from Britannica also. Golden calf. Golden calf, idol worshiped by the Hebrews during the period of the exodus from Egypt in the 13th century B.C., and during the age of Jeroboam, the first king of Israel. We're going to get into that. In the 10th century B.C., mentioned in Exodus, the 32nd chapter, and in 1 Kings chapter 12 in the Old Testament, worship of the golden calf is seen as a a supreme act of apostasy, the rejection of a faith one confessed. And this is what we did We we were rejecting the Most High After we came out of Egypt We're going to get to that in a second The figure is probably A representation of the Egyptian Bull God Atheist Ape, In the early period And of the Canaanite fertility God Baal in the latter <laughs> I hope y'all seeing this man I hope everybody is seeing this. Now, let's get to it. Let's bring the Bible in now. Let's get Exodus chapter 32, man. This is what the Gentiles worship. I'm going to try not to clown too much in this class, y'all, but I got to clown them. I got to clown people, man, because they stupid. They really don't read the Bible. Um, let me see Yeah, Exodus 32, let me start at verse 1 And when the people saw that Moses Delayed to come down out of the mount The people gathered themselves Together unto Aaron And said unto him, make us gods Which shall go before us For as for this Moses, the man that Brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we wot not What is becoming him now, this is after Exodus, the 20th chapter. And y'all can go back and read Exodus chapter chapter 20. The Most High spoke to all Israel from that mountain of smoke. And Israel was scared. They said, man, look, we don't want the Most High speaking to us no more. We scared. We're going to die. He's going to kill us. In fact, they ended up running away from the mountain like miles. So this happened already. And they and they made Moses basically wanted Moses to be the, the the go in between between him and the Most High. So this is Moses when he left and went up. Now remember in Exodus chapter twenty we are gonna get it too. The Most High told told us not to have any other gods before him. So <laughs> this is us already breaking commandments. So this is Moses. He went up to commune with the Most High and get the rest of the commandments. This Is what he actually came down with. I know y'all seen the movie The Ten Commandments. So on and so forth, and y'all think that uh, the, the Moses came down at this particular time with just those ten? No, he had more than that. So let me read this again. First, 30, uh, chapter thirty-two, so Exodus thirty-two and one. And when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mount, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron, and said unto him, Make us gods, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. So they thought maybe Moses was dead. Verse 2. And Aaron said unto him, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons, and of your daughters, and bring them unto me. And all the people break off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned fashioned it with the graven tool. Also he had made in a molten he had made it a molten calf. So let me read this again. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it with a graven tool. After he had made it a molten calf. So what was this molten calf that he had made? He had made an idol, Baal. This was Baal, y'all. I hope everybody's still with me. It says, and they said, these be thy gods. So we said what? That these were our gods or our powers. It says, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt, So now they're taking credit away from the Most High and giving all the credit to the gods of the Egyptians who they had just left. Now, remember, the Egyptians, where is Egypt? In Africa. So these Africans were worshipping this deity, who these Israelites started worshipping. But this was their God. This is what the nations worshipped. But we started doing what they did All right Now let's go to Exodus chapter 20 Exodus chapter 20 and verse 1 And God spake all these words saying I am the Lord thy God Which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt And so who brought us out of Egypt? The Most High but well, remember what we just read in Exodus 32 The Israelites said that Baal brought them out of Egypt So I'm going read it again Exodus 21 I am the Lord thy God Which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt Out of the house of bondage Thou shalt have no other gods before me This was the Most High telling us Not to serve any of these other gods See what people don't understand is And we'll get to it in the class Is that the most high God Was the God of the Israelites And the Israelites only The other nations had their gods They never believed in the most high Never So how the hell did they all of a sudden Change in the New Testament And say oh now we believe In the Most High The God of the Hebrews No Anyway Verse 4 Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images, image Or any likeness Of anything that is in heaven Above or that is in the earth Beneath or that is in the water Under the earth So the Most High is talking about graven images And making them So and a lot of people get Hung up on this too and they believe that you shouldn't have, like, uh, a fish, a statue of a fish or a little fish thing hanging on your wall in your house because maybe you're a fisherman and you like fishing. So a lot of people might say, well, man, that's, uh, that's breaking the law. No, that's not breaking the law, to have the fish hanging up in your crib. It ain't. Or to have a picture with some birds on it because, according to this, If you if you read it and don't read it in context, you might think that this is a sin to make an image. But listen to verse five. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I the Lord thy God am a jealous God. So what was the most high telling? Not to serve these idols. So if you're putting a fish on your wall, for the intent of worshiping it, that's a sin. If you're just putting a fish on your wall because you're a fisherman and you like fish, ain't nothing wrong with that. I hope you all getting this. If you, if you got a menorah in your crib, whether it be the, the actual menorah or you got a picture of a menorah on your wall, there's nothing wrong with that. You're not serving it. All right? The Most High had an issue with us. Serving images Not creating images, but serving them And if you create them for the purpose Of serving them, yes he has a problem With you, like Aaron He created it for the purpose of the serving Right, to serve these images I want us to understand this Alright So let's go to First Kings chapter 12 Because we already got How Aaron went off And created these calves Which was to worship Baal now we're going to see who else did this First Kings chapter 12 And we're going to start at verse 1 First Kings 12 and 1 And Rehoboam Went to Shechem For all Israel were come to Shechem To make him king So this is uh, The split of the kingdom y'all The beginning of the split which happened around 930 BC When you had at the northern kingdom Break off from the southern kingdom And then the kingdom was divided Into two parts All right, And Jeroboam I'm sorry, Reroboam, uh Became king of the southern kingdom And Jeroboam became King of the northern kingdom So reading on um, And it came to pass When Jeroboam The son of Nebat Who was yet in Egypt heard of it For he was fled from the presence Of king Solomon And Jeroboam Dwelt in Egypt Uh, Hold on y'all Let me get my notes Straight Because I don't want to read All of this Uh... So what's going on Right here y'all Is there's a feud Between um, Barabon and Jeroboam And this is what Jeroboam Comes up with at the end of the field Y'all go back and read this yourselves I'm going to jump down to verse 25 Then Jeroboam built Shechem in Mount Ephraim And dwelt therein And went out from thence And built Panua And Jeroboam said in his heart Now shall the kingdom Return to the house of David So Jeroboam's fear was all the Israelites in the northern kingdom would go down was going to go down into the southern kingdom to worship in Jerusalem, where the temple was that Solomon had built for the Most High, and he would, we would customarily uh, uh, go down to celebrate the high holy days, such as Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, all the high holy days. We would go do that. So. Jeroboam in his mind Like I can't let them go down there Because if they go down there I ain't going to have a kingdom no more So in his quest for power This is what he came up with Verse 27 If this people go up To do sacrificing In in the house of the Lord At Jerusalem Then shall the heart of this people Turn again unto their Lord Even unto Jeroboam King of Judah And they shall kill me And go again to Rehoboam king of Judah Whereupon The king took counsel And made two calves Of gold Y'all see this right History repeating itself Excuse me History repeating itself Because remember Aaron did the same thing So reading on And said unto them it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold, thy gods," He said the exact same thing that the Israelites said. We just read in Exodus chapter 32. Behold, thy God, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Wow. Come on, man. This is us in idolatry. All right, now let's get Numbers chapter 25. Oh, it ain't over. <laughs> Numbers chapter 25, and we're going to start at verse
0: 1. And
2: Israel abode and shit them, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. Now, this don't mean that... <laughs> This is talking about a spiritual whore alright you all right, y'all? And it's going to prove it. It ain't talking about we was just uh, pouring ourselves out to the to the women or the daughters of Moab. It says, and they called the people unto the sacrifice of their gods. Who are they? The Moabites, which would be a current day Chinese people. They called the Israelites to their sacrifice. To sacrifice their gods But whose gods were these The Moabites Who were also known as what Gentiles This is who Paul Was talking about The Gentiles sacrifice unto devils We're reading about it This is nothing new man All Israel knew that the Gentiles Worshipped other gods Let me read this again In context Numbers chapter 25 verse 1 and Israel bowed in Shittim and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab, and they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. Israel joined himself unto Baal PR. The same Baal y'all, because remember what I said. All these nations had these deities, but the names would change slightly. The spelling of the name would change slightly. This is the same bell we just read about in Wikipedia, in the Britannica. The same bell we read about in Exodus 32 that the Egyptians worship. That we just read about in 1 Kings chapter 12 that the Canaanites and the Egyptians worship. This is the same bell right here that the Moabites worship. Verse 3 again. And Israel joined himself unto bel and the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. So yeah, I hope y'all see this. This is us in idolatry, worshiping the gods of the other nations, or the Gentiles, or they're also known as the heathen. Now watch this. Michelle put this definition yesterday. I'm going to read it again. Heathen. A pagan, Uh, so that's the first definition, a pagan, meaning what? They worship other gods. So heathen, they worship other gods. Now listen to this, a Gentile. So what's a heathen? A heathen is also a Gentile. It's also a pagan. Now what did Paul say about the Gentiles? They worship unto devils. And we've already been proving that, that they do. You know, one who worships idols or is un inadequate, un, uh, I'm sorry, or is unacquainted with the true God. They're unacquainted with the God of the Bible, the God of heaven and earth. They're unacquainted with him. They don't know him. Why do they don't know him? Because they knew the deities that they were serving and worshiping, the other gods, Jesus In scriptures, the word seems to comprehend all nations except the Jews. <laughs> I hope y'all are seeing this. So when you see the word Gentiles, we see the word heathen, This is pretty much going to be talking about the other nations.
0: Uh, The other
2: nations, and I'm not going to give it away. I ain't going to give it away. I'm going to keep going. It says, all nations except the Jews are Israelites, as they were all strangers to the true religion and all addicted to idolatry. So, What were the other nations addicted to? Idolatry. I hope y'all are hearing and understanding this. The other nations, I'm going to read this again. It says, in scriptures, the word seems to comprehend all nations except the Jews or Israelites, as they were all strangers to the true religion all addicted to idolatry now let's go to the apocrypha let's go to bell and the dragon you don't say all right in the apocrypha y'all bell and the dragon and king astagash i know i'm butchering his name was gathered to his fathers, and Cyrus of Persia received his kingdom. So this is the same Cyrus that's talked about in the Old Testament, same dude. Verse 2, and Cyrus was from the Persian me empire. That's why it says Cyrus of the Persians received his kingdom. This is when they came in the power. Verse 2, and Daniel uh, con- conversed with the king and was honored above all his friends. So Daniel was favored in the uh, Babylonian, I'm sorry, not the Babylonian, the Persian Me captivity by Cyrus the Great, verse 3. Now the Babylonians had an idol called Bel, (laughs) B-E-L. This is the same idol that the Egyptians worshipped, the Canaanites worshipped. The Moabites worship. I hope y'all are seeing it. But they spelling his name different. Not B-A-A-L, but B-E-L. Same deity. It says, and there were spent upon him every day twelve great measures of fine flour and forty sheep and six vessels of wine. And the king worshiped it and went daily to adore it. But Daniel worshiped his own God, which was who? The most high, the God of the Bible, the God of heaven and earth, the only true God. Well, you know, and the king said unto him, why does not thou worship Baal? Now, why would he ask Daniel this? Because all the other nations worshiped worshiped him. All the other nations were familiar with him. He asked Daniel, hey, why you don't do this? But remember... The Israelites did not worship as the heathen do We were commissioned not to serve other gods Now we did, unfortunately But we were commissioned and commanded not to It says, verse 5 Who answered and said Now this is Daniel's response Because I may not worship idols made with hands but the living God who had created the heavens and the earth and had sovereignty over all flesh. Then said the king unto him, thinkest thou not that Baal is a living God? So he asked him a question. You don't think Baal is a God? That Baal has powers? Seest thou not how much he eateth and drinketh every day? So he's like, hey, there you look. You don't understand that Baal is actually a power And that this power eats and drinks every day <laughs> These were the sacrifices they would bring They would bring them food Verse 7 Then Daniel smiled Daniel smiled, right? Gave him a little smirk And said, O king, be not deceived For this is but clay within and brass without And did never eat or drink Anything Now look at Daniel's (laughs) Wisdom He could have just Clowned the hell out of the king But he didn't Daniel understood he could probably die for clowning He ain't going to just humiliate him He going to just show him How Bel is not A living God Y'all can go back and read the rest of the story I love this story, one of my favorites Read the rest of the story But I brought us here to prove That the other nations The Gentiles Also worship Baal All of them They worship other gods Other deities This is what Paul talks about 1 Corinthians 10 and 20 I'm I'm a keep Reiterating that scripture Alright now Let's stay in the apocrypha And let's go to uh, Judith Chapter 5 Judith chapter 5, and we're going to start at verse 1, y'all. All right. It says, then was it declared to Holofernes, the chief captain of the army of Ashur. So this Holifers was from another nation. He was a Gentile. It says that the children of Israel had prepared for war and had shut up the passages of the hill country. And had fortified all the tops of the hill country, of the high of the high hills, and had laid in pediments in the cap, in the camp I'm sorry, in the champion countries. So what we had did was we had set up blocks, roadblocks, so they couldn't get through. We were going to war with the uh, with the Assyrians. Verse two Wherewith he was very angry. And called all the princesses of Moab. So you see how these Assyrians are gathered together with the Moabites. It says, and the captives of the of Ammon. So the Ammon the Ammonites uh, uh, being the modern day Chinese. I'm sorry, the Moabites being modern day Chinese. The Ammonites being uh, so called Japanese people. So these are other nations gathered against us. Verse three, and he said unto them. Tell me now, ye sons of Canaan, who this people is that dwell in the hill country, and what are the cities that they inhabit, and what is the multitude of their army, and wherein is their power and strength, and what king is set over them or captain of their armies. So this is this Ashur king of the... uh, Assyrians asking who the Israelites are, whose uh, where their army is, who their captain is. Basically, what these people believe in, and he's asking these Moabites by these Ammonites about the Israelites. Man, who are these people? Getting information or intel on who we are. Now, these are the other nations. The Gentiles Alright Verse 5 Then said Ashore, The captain of all the sons of Ammon Let my Lord now hear A word from the mouth of thy Servant and I Will declare unto thee The truth concerning this people So he's like man hold up I'm going to tell you about it It says which dwell near thee And inhabit the hill the The hill countries And there shall no lie Come out of the mouth of thy servant This people Are descendants Of the Chaldees And they sojourn Their two So this is talking about During the time of Abraham Because he did well In Mesopotamia And the word Mesopotamia Just basically means Between the rivers It says because they Would not follow the God Their fathers which were In the land of Chaldea For They left the way of their Ancestors and worship The God of heaven The God whom They knew so they cast Them out from the face of their Gods and they Fled into Mesopotamia and sojourned there many days so once Again this is talking about Abraham ancestors and, yes, a lot of our ancestors were, were idolaters. This is why the Most High told Abraham to get away from them, and we're going to get to that. All right, verse 9. It says, Then their God commanded them to depart from the place where they sojourned. This is what it's talking about. I said we're going to go, to the, go there in a minute. And to go into the land of Canaan where they dwelt and were increased with gold and silver and with very much cattle all right so let's talk about abraham and his adventures in the land of the chaldeans now let's go let's match this up hold judith y'all we're coming right back to it but we're gonna match it up with the bible so let's go to uh genesis chapter 11. and i hope y'all can hear me clear man uh somebody move my damn um phone stand today. Where the hell is it then? I'm sorry, y'all. I just found out who the culprit was that moved it, but they didn't give me information on where they put it. All right, but I hope y'all can hear me loud and clear. Uh, Let's go to Genesis chapter 11, and we're going to start at verse uh, 27. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begot Abram, Nahar, and Haran. And Haran begot Lot. Now this is the genealogy of our people, of our nation. And this was after the flood, y'all. Verse 28. And Haran died before his father, Terah, in the land of his nativity, in earth of the Chaldees. And we just read this in the apocrypha, remember? It's talking about our, our nation, our lineage, our heritage. Uh verse 29, and Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah. The and the, the the father of Iscough, verse thirty, but so, uh, so, but Saria was barren; she had no child. And or uh, Torah took Abram, his son, and Lot, the son of Haran, his son's son, and Saria, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth from, they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. We just read this in Judah, y'all. And the days of Terah were 205 years. And Terah died in Haran. Hope everybody's seeing this. Cause we just read this exact same thing in the book of judith now we're going to genesis chapter 12 verse 1 find out what happened after that now the lord had said unto abram get thee out of thy thy country and from thy kindred so remember in judith it said that we we had left out of the land of the chaldees this is when the most high told abraham to leave and they talked about uh us leaving and not serving the gods of our forefathers because the, our, our forefathers were idolatrous They were into, into idolatry So the Most High wanted us to get away from them By way of our forefather Abraham now, I'm going to read it again Hold on y'all Now the Lord has said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country And from thy kindred And from thy father's house Unto the land that I will shew thee And I will make of thee A great nation And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai Sarai, his wife And Lot his brother's son And all their substance They had gathered And the souls that they had gotten In Haran And they went forth to go Into the land of Canaan And unto the land of Canaan They came So we just read this Out of Judith Now we getting it Out of the Bible All right, now let's go to the Josephus, (laughs) and let's get Josephus' account of what we just read out of the Apocrypha and Judith and what we just read out of the Bible. So we're going to go to the Josephus, y'all. It's page 38. I'm going to give y'all the book and stuff when I get there. So Josephus, page 38, which is, Book 1, chapter 7 We're going to read paragraphs 1 and 2, y'all All right It says how Abram, our forefather Went out of the land of the Chaldees And lived in the land then called Canaan But now Judea Now Abram, having no son of his own Adopted Lot, his brother Haran's son And his wife Sariah, Sariah's brother. Uh, Yeah. And he left the land of the Chaldea, of the Chaldee, left the land of Chaldea when he was 75 years old. And at the command of God went into Canaan. We just read that. And therein he dwelt himself and left it to his prosperity. He was a person of great sagacity both for understanding all things and persuading his hearers and not mistaking, mistaking in his opinions, for which reason he began to have higher notions of virtue than others had, and he determined to renew and to change the opinion all men happened then to have concerning God. So Abraham changed the opinion. How did he change the opinion? We're going to read. For he was the first that virtue, that ventured to publish this notion. So Abraham was the first to publish this notion. Now pay attention to what Abraham's in the drop or what, what Josephus from the drop or Abraham. There was but one God. So Abraham was the first. Of all the people in the world To believe in monotheism The belief in one God Because the other nations Were believing in many gods Reading on That there was but one God The creator of the universe And that as to other gods If they contributed anything To the happiness of men That each of them afforded it only According to his appointment And not by their own power So what it's saying is These other deities They only got their power from the most high But he is the most high The one true God That's why he's called the most high He's higher than any other God So Abraham was the first man on the planet That brought this concept to the world Monotheism Reading on This his opinion Was derived from the irregular phenomena that were visible both at land and sea, as well as those that happen to the sun and moon and all the heavenly bodies. Thus, if, said he, these bodies had power of their own, they would certainly take care of their own regular motions. But since they do not pre- preserve such regularity, they make they make it plain that in so far as they cooperate to our advantage they do it not of their own abilities but as they are sub subservient to him that commands them to whom alone we ought justly to offer our honor and thanksgiving y'all here i hope y'all understand what abraham is saying or what Josephus is saying What Abraham said Abraham said we we got to give All praises <laughs> To the Lord So the sun All praise to the most high The moon all praise to the most high The sky, the animals All praises to the most high Not those things themselves Don't praise those things themselves Don't worship those things themselves But worship the most high Who made them Who they are and uh, subjection to you know For which doctrines When the Chaldeans And other people of Mesopotamia Raised the tumult against him So the other nations Came against him In his thought process In the belief of one God To leave that country And at the command And by the assistance of God He came and lived in the land of Canaan And when he was there settled, he built an altar and performed a sacrifice to God. All right, paragraph two. Barosus, now Barosus, they say he was born in Babylon, but he was a, a, they call him a Hellenistic uh, historian. So I'm guessing he he lived during the time of uh, the, the Hellenists, during the time of the Greeks, right? So Belarus mentioned our our father, Abraham, without naming him. So Abraham is mentioned in other people's history. It says, when he says thus, 10th generation after the flood, there was among the Chaldees a man righteous and great and skillful in the celestial science. But Hector Does more than barely mention him Another historian From another nation For he composed And left behind him a book concerning him So he wrote a whole book on Abraham And Nicolaus Of Damascus In the fourth book of his history Says thus Abraham reigned at Damascus Being a foreigner Who came with an army Out of the land Above Babylon Called the land Of The Chaldees So it says he came with an army Abraham left Genesis chapter 11 verse 1 He left with so many people That this dude called it an army (laughs) Read it on But after a long time He got him up And removed from that country Also with his people And went into the land Then called The land of Canaan But now the land of Judea And this When his prosperity Were were become a multitude As to which prosperity of his We related their history In other works Now the name of Abram Is even still famous In the country of Damascus And there is shown A village named for him The habitation of Abel. So we find out the other nations was so uh, admired by Abraham and his belief in one God that they named a town or, or city after him. I ain't done the research on that because I wanted to stick to the point. But all of this, man, to show that Abraham, our forefather, brought to the world, to the Gentiles, the belief in one God because they believed in many gods. They were polytheistic people. All right. Now, from there, let's go back to Judith now. Matter of fact, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm. Yeah, let's go back to Judith. Chapter 5, and we're going to pick up in verse 10. It says, but when a famine covered all the land of, of Canaan, they went down into Egypt. And sojourned there while they were nourished and became there a great multitude, so that one could not number their nation and what this is talking about is when we, as the Israelites went down into uh went yeah went down into Egypt with our forefather Jacob during the time of Jacob and let's get that real quick uh let's get Exodus. Exodus chapter 1. Exodus chapter 1, we're going to start at verse 1, y'all. Now, these are the names of the children of Israel which came into Egypt. Every man in his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulon, and Benjamin, Dan, and Nathalie, Gad, and Asher. And all the souls that came out of the loins of Jacob were 70 souls, for Joseph was in Egypt already. So this goes right where we just read in Judah about how we came into Egypt. All right, let's go back to Judith now. And we actually became a nation in Egypt. So Judah chapter 5, verse 10 again. But when a famine covered all the land of Canaan, then went down, then, I'm sorry, they went down into Egypt and sojourned there. While they were nourished, came there a great multitude. So we became a nation in, in Egypt So that one could not Number their nation Reading on Therefore the king of Egypt rose up against them The Israelites And dealt subtle, subtly With them And brought them low With laboring and brick And made them slaves So this was another nation Gentiles Enslaving the Israelites I hope y'all seeing this Reading on Verse 12 Then they cried unto their God And he smote all the land of Egypt With incurable plagues So the Egyptians cast them out of their sight So this is the Most High God of the Bible Killing all the Egyptians Firstborn 'Cause that was the last plague, the last and final one. Before that, it was nine others that destroyed Egypt, the Gentiles. This is the same God of the Bible. Keep that in mind. Verse thirteen. And God dried the Red Sea before them and brought them to Mount Sinai of Sinai and Cadiz Barne, and cast forth all that dwelt in the wilderness. So they dwelt in the land of the Amorites, and they destroyed. I'm sorry, and they destroyed by their strength all of them of Eschibon, And passing over Jordan, they possessed all the hill country. Verse 16. And they cast forth before them the, Can- the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and the the Sy- and all the, the Gergesites, and they dwelt in that country many days. Now, you can read this in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 7, when the Israelites came in and killed all these nations. So, it's talking about uh, the conquest of Joshua. When we came into the promised land, killed all these nations, and took over their land, took over the land of Canaan. Reading on. And which they sinned not before their God. They prospered because the God that hated iniquity was with them. But when they departed from the way which he appointed them, they were destroyed in many battles, very sore, and were led captives into a land that was not theirs. And the temple of their God was cast to the ground, and their cities were taken by the by the enemies, which would be who? The Gentiles, the other nations So the Gentiles are the enemies Of the Israelites I hope y'all are seeing this man Now let's hold this and get Deuteronomy chapter 12 Deuteronomy chapter 12 And we're going to start at verse uh, 29 We'll read 29 and 30 When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations From before thee now he's. This is the Most High giving us instructions,
0: because
2: we had already by this time. Uh, no matter of fact, we didn't do it by this time. So this was uh, the Moses giving us instruct the instructions of the Most High, and this and this was the continuation from Deuteronomy chapter seven. He says, "When the Lord, thy God, shall cut off the nations from before thee, whether thou goest to possess them and thou succeeded them and dwell in their land." Take heed to thyself that thou be not snared by following them. Listen to this, y'all. He said, don't follow them. After that they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods. Saying, how did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. So the Most High is telling us, don't go serve the other gods of the other nations. Once again, people, the other nations, the Gentiles, it's always been their notion, their nature to worship and serve other gods. The Israelites were the only people that were given one God to serve. The true God, the most high I hope I hope Everybody's getting this man Alright um, Going back to uh, Judith Where was I at Verse 18 It says But when they departed from the way which he appointed them They were destroyed In many battles very sore And were led captives into A land That was not theirs and the temple of their God was cast to the ground, and their cities were taken by the, by the enemies. So the Gentiles are our enemies, not our friends. So how the hell are they going to get salvation with us? It makes no sense, man. Anyway, we know. Verse 19. But now, or they return to their God, and, or come up from the places where they were scattered, and have possessed Jerusalem, where their sanctuary is and are seated in the hill country, for it was desolate. Now, remember, this was a dude from another nation that's basically running down all our history to this king that was from another nation. These Gentiles conspiring against Israelites. Now, therefore, my Lord and governor, if there be any error in this people, and they sin against their God, now, sin... Is the transgression of the law According to First John chapter 3 and verse 4 Sin is the breaking of the law So it's, t- it's This nation is telling This other nation If they sin against their God It says let us consider That this shall be their ruin I hope y'all Seeing this Let me read this again Now therefore my Lord and governor If there be any error in this people, and they sin against their God, so he said, if there's any weakness, any way we can get them, and they sin against their God, let us consider that this shall be their ruin, and let us go up, and we shall overcome them. Come on, man. The other nations know exactly who we are and who we worship. And they've never been a part of that. So how the hell all of a sudden in the New Testament they're going to be a part of it? Makes no sense. That is not consistent with the narrative of the Bible, y'all. It's not. Verse 21. But if there be no iniquity in their nation, let my Lord now pass by. lest their Lord defend them and their God be for them. And we become a reproach before all the world because they knew that they could not contend with our God. They knew that their gods could not contend with our God, with the Israelite God. They knew this. No big secret. All right, y'all. So let's go back to this Wikipedia article, False Gods. And I'm still in the overview section. We've dealt with Baal, right? Because this is where we stopped So I'm going to get that sentence again Where we were It says, nevertheless The Hebrew Bible, Old Testament itself Recognizes and reports That originally the Israelites were not Monotheistic But actively engaged in idolatry And worshipped many foreign Non-Jewish gods Besides Yahweh or Yahweh And or Instead of him such as Bell, right? We got Bell. But then it says Astarte. Astarte. So who the hell is Astarte? So let's go to First Kings chapter eleven. First Kings chapter 11 And it started at verse 1 And it reads But King Solomon Our forefather Loved many strange women When it says strange It's talking about women from other nations Together with the daughter of Pharaoh So he had the Egyptian woman Or women uh, Women of the Moabites Ammonites Edomites, Zidonians, Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart, their gods. So the nations, the Gentiles, already have Their gods. I hope everybody's seeing this. Reading on. Solomon clave unto these in love, and he had seven hundred wives, princesses, and three hundred concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. Idolatry. Hope y'all paying attention Now hold on man Let me get this real quick Because I quoted it But let me read it Let's get Deuteronomy chapter 7 real quick y'all I'm going to read it real quick Because my time is running short I'm definitely not going to finish this class today though I already know that Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 1 When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land Whether thou goest to possess it And have cast out many nations before thee The Hittites and the Gergesites, and the Amorites, and the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thou. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor shew mercy unto them. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughters thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy sons from following me, that they may serve other gods. So will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. Now, we just read the exact same thing in 1 Kings chapter 11. Let's go back there now. So the Most High told us not to mess with these foreign women, because these foreign women was going to have us worshiping their god which eventually Solomon did. Matter of fact, before we go back there, let's get Psalms 1. Uh, you know what? Um, yeah, we got to get this. Psalms 147, verse nineteen, twenty. 20. Mashaba read this yesterday, too, but you know how we be. You be beating a dead horse all the time. Psalms chapter 147, verse 19. He shewed his word unto Jacob that he is the Most High, that the Jacob is the children of Israel. His statutes and his judgments unto Israel, he had not dealt so with any nation. So the Most High has never dealt with any nation. Meaning what? He's never been their God. He's never been their power. They've never believed in him. Never. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. So the Most High has never dealt with the nations. They never dealt with him. So how how all of a sudden you get in the New Testament now that now the Most High is dealing with the Gentiles and now they miraculously just love Yahweh Shai, and they love the Most High. That would make sense, y'all. That would contradict the Bible. Like I said before, that goes contrary of the narrative of the Bible. All right, going back to uh, 1 Kings, where was we at? 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 3. And he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass, when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord, his God, as was the heart of David, his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Now, it says Ashtoreth, right? So this is who Solomon went after. Uh, What verse was I in because we're going to break these gods down, y'all. So let me read this one again. So Solomon went after Asheret. Now Asheret is a fertility goddess also, y'all. Y'all can look that up. Uh, Asher, she's also called Astarte Easter. This is what the worship and celebration of Easter is all about. Uh, this is the Starbucks lady, Asheret. This is who she was. But remember, this was the goddess of the Sidonians. the other nations. Would be the Africans. It says, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. Then, then did Solomon build an high place of Chemosh, the abomination of Moab. So Chemosh is the god, of, god or goddess of the Moabites. It says in the hill. That is before Jerusalem and for Molech. So Solomon was building all these places for these deities, man. I hope y'all see this. It says, and likewise did he for all his strange wives, which, built, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. Their gods. And remember, his wives were Gentiles. They were sacrificing their gods. And Solomon joined in with that. And the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel. You see this God of whom? The God of Israel. And why was the multi-man in Solomon? Because Solomon was serving and worshiping the Gentile gods. Read it on. Which had appeared unto him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing. That he should not go after other gods But he kept not that which the Lord commanded Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon For as much as this is done of thee And thou hast not kept my covenant And my statutes So the contract that the most high made with the Israelites And the statute, the law Which was not to serve other gods Nor to make graven images and worship them He says which I have commanded thee I will surely rend the kingdom from thee and will give it to thy servants. So this is the beginning of the end for the kingdom of Israel, all because of what? Idolatry, serving the gods and goddesses of the nations. This is why the most high split the kingdom up. This is why when you read on in the Bible, we the Israelites went into many different captivities for serving and worshiping the gods of the Gentiles. Let's go back to Wikipedia. So we dealt with Bel. Um, we dealt with Asherah, Chemosh. Then it says Dagon. So let's read about Dagon. Let's get Judges chapter 16, verse 23. Judges chapter 16, verse 23. And it reads, Then the lords of the Philistines Now, who are the Philistines? Y'all go back to the table of nations. These were also Hamites or Africans. It says, then the Lord of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon, their god. So who is the god of these more Africans, the Philistines? Their god was Dagon. These Gentiles, they worshiped the god they God I hope y'all seeing this man Okay And to rejoice For they said our God Has delivered enemy Into our hand So this is when The uh Philistines overthrew Samson You know the story of Samson and Delilah And then they did what They gave praise to their God So this is Gentiles A non-Israelite people worshipping their god their deity let's get first samuel now chapter 5 Samuel chapter five and verse where i want to start verse two when the philistines took the ark of god so these same philistines once again the africans they took what they took the ark of the covenant they took it from us read it again when the philistines these gentiles took the ark of god they brought it into the house of Dagon and fed it by Dagon. I hope y'all seeing this. These Gentiles took the ark that the Most High gave to us. You know the ark that held the commandments in it? It held the mammon or the, uh, the manna in it that the Most High gave, the, the, the bread that came from heaven, Aaron's rod that budded, You know, all our, 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 uh, what they call them, (laughs) forget-me-nots. All our forget-me-nots that we had in the ark, this other nation took it, and they put it in their temple with their God, with their deity. You know. And when they of Ashdod arose early in the morning, Behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him in his place again. So they they looked God's statue had fought, fell on his face. What they do, they went in, they saw it, they picked him back up, right? Verse 4. And when they arose early on the morrow morning, so the day after that, behold, Dagon was falling upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. So they little statue, they little deity had fell on his face again and were right before the ark of our power, the ark of the most high message. And the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. <laughs> Look at the Most High, smashing them, Smashing them. Who do you think did this? The Most High did this to show what? That their God, that their worshiping, their little statue has no power. That these Gentiles... Their gods have no power Reading on Therefore Neither the priests of Dagon nor any that Come unto Dagon's house Tread on the threshold Of Dagon and Ashdod Unto this day And the hand of the Lord Was heavy upon them Of Ashdod and he destroyed Them and smote them With emroids, Even Ashdod and the coast thereof And when the men of Ashdod saw, saw that it was so They said The ark of the God of Israel Shall not abide with us For his hand Is so upon us And upon Dagon Our God I gotta drop this right I know I'm a little late on that, man, but that was bomb worthy right there. I hope y'all seeing this. All right, I got more. First Chronicles chapter ten, and let's start over six. So Saul died, and and his three sons, and all his house died together. So this one, Saul died. Now listen to this. And when all the men of Israel that were in the valley saw that they fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they, then they forsook their cities and fled. And the Philistines came and dwelt in them. Once again, these damn Philistines, these Africans, Gentiles, verse 8. And it came to pass on the morrow when the Philistines came to strip the slain that they found Saul. And his sons falling in Mount Gilbo And when they had stripped him They took his head Other nations these Gentiles Cut the head off of the King of Israel Saul It says and his armor And sent into the land Of the Philistines round about To carry tidings Unto their idols and to the people. So they sent Saul's head all throughout their land. These Gentiles sent Saul's head all throughout their land. They bragging about how they killed them. And then they sent it into the house of their idol. Now listen to this. And they put his armor in the house of their gods and fastened his head in the temple of Dagon. Man, I hope y'all are listening. I hope y'all are listening. And when all Jabesh Gilead heard all that the Philistines had done to Saul, they arose, all the valiant men, and took away the body of Saul. So these Israelites went to go get Saul's body and the bodies of his sons, and brought them to Jabesh and buried their bones. Under the ark in Jabesh, and fasted seven days, man because this was this was a, a a time of mourning that the king of Israel had been slain I mean he, he committed suicide because he fell on the sword, but still he was dead he was a evil ass king anyway because David replaced him um and was a much better king, but still, what I want us to get from this is how the nations Would do these atrocities to the Israelites Because we were hated They hated us They hated us and they hated our God People don't get this man 1st Samuel now 1st Samuel chapter 5 And I want to start at uh, Verse 5 First Samuel chapter 5, verse 5. Therefore, neither the priests of Dagon, see the other nations, the Gentiles, they had priests also for their deities. It says, therefore, neither the priests of Dagon, nor any that come into Dagon's house, threshold of Dagon and Ashdod unto this day. I think I read, y'all read this one already. All right. So let's go back here. And so we got Bell, Asteroid, uh Chimon Gun. Now who are we gonna deal with? Let's deal with Molech. So let's get uh Amos, chapter five. Amos chapter 5, and we're going to start with verse 25. <laughs> but ye have borne the tabernacle of your Molech, and Chayun, chi- um, your images, the star of your God, which ye made to yourselves. Now, the Most High speaking to the Israelites, he's speaking to us. But he's saying that these are our gods, but we know that they ain't. He's our God, but he's pissed off because we're worshiping the gods of the other nations. Verse 27, therefore will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus, said the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. So why why do we even go into the captivities that we've been in for worshiping the Gentile gods? Now let's go to Deuteronomy chapter twelve. Deuteronomy chapter twelve and verse thirty one. I'm gonna prove that Molech was the Gentile's uh God. What the sacrifice? Or how you worship Molat? So uh, Deuteronomy chapter twelve and verse thirty-one, and it reads, "Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God, for every abomination to the Lord which he hated, have they done unto their gods? For even their sons, now he's talking about the nations, even their sons and their daughters." They have burnt in the fire to their gods. What thing soever I command you, observe to do it, thou shalt not add there, thereto nor diminish from it. So this is the most high telling us not to do the abominations that the other nations was doing in the sacrifice of Molech. How would you sacrifice to Molech? You would literally burn your child with fire. This is what the Gentiles was doing. All right. uh, So now let's get Camus. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 8. Ezekiel chapter eight and where I want to start at Start verse thirteen. He said also unto me, Turn thee yet again. So this is the angel showing Ezekiel all the abominations and all the idolatry that the Israelites were into. Verse thirteen again. He said uh, he said also unto me, Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations. That they do Then he brought me to The door of the gate of the Lord Of the Lord's house Which was toward the north And behold There sat women Weeping For Talmud Now Talmud Was a god of the other nations The Gentiles For so here you have Israelites That was Worshipping Talmud Verse 15, then said he unto me, Has thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. Verse 16, and he brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house, and behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were about five and twenty men, with their backs toward the temple of the Lord. So these Israelites had their backs turned away from the temple. Turned away from the most high And their faces towards the east And they worship The sun Toward the east You know the sun god Ra That the Egyptians worship You have Israelites Worshipping the god of the Egyptians Turning their back On the god of the most high All throughout the bible man right, Psalms 106 Job chapter 106 and verse 32. And it reads, They angered him also at the waters of strife, so that it went ill with Moses for their sakes. Talking about us. Because they provoked his spirit, so that he spake unadvisedly with his lips. This is when Moses hit the rock, they did not destroy the nations. We didn't what? They did not destroy the nations, so the Israelites didn't kill off the Gentiles, concerning whom the Lord commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. And remember, that was the most. That's what the Most I was was afraid of. That's why he told us to kill them. That's why the Most High told the Israelites to kill the Gentiles because he didn't want us to pick up their ways and start serving their gods, not him. You know, and they served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils. Sacrifice of Molech and shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto idols of Canaan. And the land was polluted with blood. So we was doing this. The Gentiles were doing this. Because remember, we was serving their deities. So in order to serve their deities, their gods, their idols, we had to do the exact same thing. So these, these Gentiles, that, they, that, that people running around talking about They're going to get into the kingdom Of, of the most high They're going to make it They're going to be spared Salvation is for them Y'all really don't read the Bible man Verse 39 Thus were they defiled With their own works And went a whoring with their own inventions Therefore was the wrath of the Lord Kindled against his people Against his people He does have a people insomuch that he abhorred his own inheritance. The Most High hated us for doing and acting like the Gentiles. So what the hell makes you think he loved them? Come on, man. Verse 41. And he gave them unto the hand of the heathen. What What's always been our punishment for trying to be like the heathen, the Gentiles? He gives us to them in the form of captivity so the same people that took us into captivity that we need to be saved from they gonna get saved with us in our kingdom make it make sense reading on (laughs) and he gave them into the hand of the heathen and they that hated them ruled over them their enemies also oppressed them and they and they were brought into Subjection under their hand. Many times Did he deliver them We've been in captivities In many Captivities Under the nation This is what he's talking about Many times did he deliver them But they provoked him with their counsel And were brought low For their iniquities Nevertheless he regarded their affliction When he heard them cry And he remembered For them his covenant And repented according to the multitude Of his mercies, And he made them also to be pitied Of all those that carried them captives Save us Oh Lord Our God What were the Israelites Always crying to be saved From Captivity Of the Gentiles So how the hell Or the Gentiles Going to get salvation When they are the oppressors They are the ones Holding us captive Captive Like I said Make it make sense Verse 47 Save us O Lord our God And gather us From among the heathen To give thanks Unto thy holy name and to triumph in thy praise. Blessed be the Lord, God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say, Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Come on, man. People really do not read the Bible, y'all. So, y'all, I think that this is a great place for me to stop. And I'm definitely going to continue the water for hooking up the broadcast, the water for everybody listening in. Y'all got understanding and some edification uh, of this class, of this topic, so you can arm yourself with the knowledge and not read the New Testament in ignorance, y'all. I hope I was not going too fast. I know a lot of the deities, y'all, I didn't go in depth uh, and explain more about the worship of them, how to worship them, and things of that nature. Um, because I felt it wasn't as, imp- as important as knowing that they, that the Gentiles, the nations actually serve these deities. And plus, I was trying to condense the class because this is going to be a long one, y'all. Anyway, with that, y'all, I'm gonna say shalom.